Welcome to The Top, the podcast that provides you with what you need to succeed in the real estate world. Brought to you by the Collin County Association of Realtors. Here comes the man who has toured Joint Chiefs of Staff, launched nuclear missiles, and reported to Ross Perot. CCAR's 2020 president, David Long, and communications extraordinaire, Jonna Fernandez, CCAR Chief Operating Officer. Hey, David. Hey, Jonna. Welcome to the top. I'm happy to be here. I hear today's episode is going to have a unique call to action for our listeners. It sure will. We hope by the end of the episode today that all of our listeners are equipped and ready to share with their clients how the multiple listing service creates a competitive and efficient marketplace, which benefits home buyers and sellers as well as small business brokerages. That's right. Uh, the issue is really critical as there are two lawsuits against NAR. And these lawsuits are in the discovery phase of litigation. Morel versus NAR and the copycat case Sitzer versus NAR. So let's start at the beginning and discuss what the lawsuits are all about. Yes, let's do that. So in March 2019, home seller Christopher Merle, which I hope I'm pronouncing that name correctly, but Christopher filed a lawsuit in which he accused the National Association of Realtors, as well as 20 of the largest MLSs across the country and four of the largest real estate broker franchises of violating federal antitrust laws by conspiring to require home sellers to pay buyer commissions. And then in April of 2019, plaintiffs Sitzer and Winger filed a copycat lawsuit, which alleged that home sellers unfairly pay the commissions of buyer's brokers. Now, these complaints really mischaracterize NAR rules and MLS policy. It also questions the value buyer's brokers deliver in the home buying and selling process. Um, what do you say we call John Hawley, Netra CEO and friend of the podcast, to get his take? <laughs> Hi, John. With the news that NAR's motion to dismiss was denied in the Moel versus NAR case, that means that NAR has two cases in discovery, both really challenging the value MLS, mm -hmm. the value of MLS, right. and, and by effect, real estate professionals bring. What is your reaction? Well, as someone who has been through an antitrust case before when I was the CEO in San Diego, I can understand that this is the first step and of course, we're going to file a motion to dismiss. Those motions are very rarely passed by judges. They want to dip their toes in the water and keep examining the case. So what this means is that the, I can't ever pronounce the name, Mueller? Mueller? Yeah, we're having the same this problem. Case is gonna, yeah, this case is going to go now into step two. And step two in these cases are discovery. And Netris, as well as the other 19 regional MLSs in the country, have been asked to preserve data, which we have been doing on an ongoing basis. We don't know what they're going to request. My guess is the list will be very long, pages and pages, which we will probably, with our attorneys, we have a joint defense council assembled now to uh, argue the amount that they're requesting through discovery, and we'll arrive at a decision of what we're going to provide them in discovery. That's the next phase. Well, very good. Thank you, John. That helps explain quite a bit. And, you know, one thing that NAR has said is they just really feel that the lawsuits are wrong on the facts and on the economics and really on the law and mm -hmm. that commissions are mm -hmm. negotiable and, in fact, can mm -hmm. be negotiated at any point during the transaction. So does mm -hmm. the MLS mm -hmm. have any part in dictating an agent's commission? 
Absolutely not. Commissions are negotiable. In fact, there is a paragraph in our Natural Rules and Regulations for MLS, as in with every other NAR sanctioned MLS in the country, is that we do not monitor, recommend, engage in any kind of definitive information regarding commissions. In other words, it's negotiable. If you all would know that when you enter a listing into the MLS, yes, you are required to put in an amount of compensation for the being offered to buyers, brokers. However, that field is pretty free form. It can be a percentage of the gross sale amount. It could be a fixed dollar amount. For that matter, it could be one dollar. So it is totally wide open. We do not fix, control, monitor, anything what that is. And by the way, the MLS itself, we only know through the agent's input the commission that is being offered to cooperating agents. We don't know what the total commission was being that is being paid by the seller through that listing agreement. We don't know. We only know the amount being offered. So we don't track, monitor, or anything. Yeah, in that regard, do you think there might be an overall misconception about the function of the MLS? You're stepping on the whole point of the campaign is that Katie Johnson, the chief counsel for the NAR, in cooperation with the Council of MLSs, feels that, and has felt for a while, this is not new, that there needs to be an educational opportunity now to educate consumers on what the MLS is, what it does, and the benefits of the MLS. Hence, this new campaign that has been created called In No. I'm a consumer. I mean, I'm just John Hawley, and I have neighbors and friends, and I they say, well, Mr. Hawley, what do you do? And I say, well, you know, I'm the chief executive officer for the North Texas Multiple Listing Service. What is that? I said, the MLS. Oh, yes, I've heard the MLS. The next thing that surprises me, and this has happened on multiple times, is, so do you get your information from Zillow? (laughs) Is that where your data comes from? Oh, no. And I I have to kind of chuckle and laugh and say, well, actually, it's the other way around. We are the source of the information. We are the ones who compile and aggregate the feed and the compilation. So it is the other way around. Realty.com, Zillow, Homes, Trulia, any of those public sites that you might be visiting, the data really does come from us. We're the source. We monitor that source for accuracy. And the best source of accurate information on properties for sale or that have sold is your realtor. They have direct access to the source of the MLS. Now, a lot of consumers do not know this. They think MLS stands for Major League Soccer. (laughs) They really do. A big percentage of them do. So it's an education process, and we're doing it in conjunction with the National Association of Realtors to start an educational campaign, if you will, to consumers so they understand the value and the opportunities that are presented 
buy an MLS and understand that the MLS has no gain in the transaction. We are like the stock exchange to the real estate transaction industry. We facilitate the transaction and have a lot of information in terms of the facts and the information that is necessary to perform a transaction. We have no gain in it. We don't make a commission. We don't make money off the sales or transactions of properties. We just list. So that information, too, is something that consumers don't know. They don't understand what the MLS is and how it benefits them from both the seller and the buyer perspective. And that the commission arrangement that is in the MLS and has been for the last, I forget how many years, more than 100, is pro-consumer and pro-competitive. It's not that we are trying to fix or regulate or even inflate commission amounts. It is something that is totally negotiable. And in negotiations, that's always two sides. So if a consumer wants to negotiate a ridiculously low commission on a property that they may want to sell, the listing agent can say, no, I'm sorry, I don't want this listing because there's not enough in it. Or, you know, it. Sure. I have a right to do business. I mean, real estate professionals are independent contractors. They're running a business. And if it's not enough in it, then they need to just say, no, I'm sorry. Like anyone else. I mean, has anybody bought an automobile? You can go in and make an offer and they can say, no, not going to take that. So anyway, it's the same. And so the point is here is an in-the-know campaign so that we can help educate consumers on what the MLS is, what we do, how it benefits you as both a seller or a buyer, and understand the value of it. We would like to not see the MLS get torn apart by the courts. It is a very valuable tool and has been for many, many years. Yeah, I understand. The, the MLS plays such a critical role um, sure for us as realtors mm-hmm. for for the cooperation process and the negotiation process. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. this is the first I'm hearing about the in-the-know marketing campaign that you're talking about. It is brand new. And then Council of MLS has engaged a company known as Thousand Watt Consulting. A Thousand Watt is very, very well known nationwide as a company that helps facilitate branding, mostly, mostly of large brokerages and whatnot, that hire them to help them with branding. That could be logo design, campaigns, you name it. They write this stuff. It's not cheap, but they do it. And so uh, Council of MLSs has engaged 1,000 Watt, who happens to also be a member of CMLS, Hope they got a discount. I have no idea. <laughs> but Brian Barreto and, and his team did a really nice job in creating a website. And it will be going out to everyone where there are templates, videos, you name it, that are free for real estate professionals to use, customize, brand, whatever you need to do. It's okay. 
everybody's being authorized to use this stuff. And so we just want to help in the campaign with the realtors and the brokerages in the community so that if they want to use it to help educate consumers, it's there for them. And if they don't want to use it or create their own, that's fine too. Yeah, very good. Um, I'm glad to hear about this because real estate professionals play such a critical role in educating the clients. We're the ones that come face-to-face with the clients every day. And Mm -hmm. we probably need to do a better job of talking about the pro-competitive effects of the MLS system. Yeah, David, I agree. Mm -hmm. And John, it's so interesting that you talk about the campaign and kind of what NAR is doing to get the word out to consumers about what the MLS is, because you had talked about a little bit before about what consumers think MLS stands for. And there was actually a recent survey that was conducted by the National Association of Realtors, and it asked participants, what does MLS mean? And it has some interesting results. Are you all interested in hearing it? I have them ready if you want. Sure. <laughs> okay. Go for it. Sure. All right. Well, 24% of consumers have even a vague idea of what the acronym MLS means. Okay. 25% uh-huh. think it means Major League Soccer, like you mentioned, John. Uh-huh. <laughs> and 76, That's right. <laughs> 76% of consumers have no idea how the MLS benefits them. So definitely need for an information campaign for sure. Absolutely. Like I said, I may be the chief executive officer of the MLS of North Texas with over 43,000 subscribers, but I'm also a consumer. I'm also just a person, and I have neighbors, and they ask me questions when they find out what I do, and I learn real fast that they really have no idea what the MLS is, how it works, and how the benefits affect them, whether they're just interested in the value of their home or interested in possibly going to sell their home, or interesting in buying, that this is really key information. And they need to know how to be able to have access to that information. Your answer is to retain a real estate professional to assist you by telling them through a profile what you want to do, what you're trying to accomplish, and then they can go to work and assist you with clean, good, accurate information. Well, the realtors are the boots on the ground, and we we gather the data, and it goes into the that MLS, right. and that's the repository that's of right. all that data. And realtors can be, what do they call that, hyperlocal? They know that if they specialize and work in particular areas, whether that be North Dallas or Cedar Creek Lake, for example, they know the area and they know what they're doing. Very true. So I have a question for you. So in talking about kind of Mm -hmm. the misconception of what MLS even stands for, you know, maybe instead we start referring to it, not by the acronym, but by multiple listing service, just saying it right out there. Mm -hmm. Um, John, do you think uh, maybe moving away from some of the industry lingo will help the public's perception of what the multiple listing service is? I think so. However, I will tell you from my personal perspective in my personal life, when I say I work for the North Texas Real Estate Information Systems, or or I say the Multiple Listing Service of North Texas, they look at me like deer in the headlights. And when I say the MLS, and they go, aha, I know what that is. So I'm not sure if we have a reverse problem here that 
the term MLS by anyone who has been looking for homes or spoken to a realtor, they know what it means when you say MLS. But as you said, if you just do a polling of consumers of all stages, they think it means Major League Soccer or they have no idea what it means. So an education process has to occur with consumers, possibly more than just consumers that real estate professionals are currently working with. This could be something that we want to see go out in ad copy so that the consumers, where there are like eight, nine million people who live in the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex begin hearing and understanding what the MLS is and what the value is, yeah. what the value of your realtor is. Because, you know, you have to be careful about things having an unintended consequence. And I'll give you an example of that. For many years, the National Association of Realtors and Realtors State, local, everybody, has always said that the big advantage of being a realtor versus a real estate salesperson is you have agreed to abide by a code of ethics. Consumers hear what they want to hear, and so the knee-jerk reaction is, well, then realtors must not be ethical if they have to do this. You have to watch out for how that message gets delivered and could get manipulated through the network, if you will. So, you know, you got to be careful of the knee-jerk reaction. So the campaign is one in which has some pretty clever videos and whatnot and does a great job of just simply explaining the advantages. This is what it is. This is what we do. This is what real estate professionals do. And it does it in very plain English so that anyone can understand. Because yeah, it is complicated. It is. And it'll be very nice to see this some of the uh, materials that come with that. So, you know, as you've said, you know, and as we know, the MLS is the bedrock of realtor information for millions of people. Mm -hmm. And we want to keep it the way it is, so to speak. That's right. It's been working for hundreds of years. I think we should keep it the way it is. I think it benefits everyone. And if you think about it, the listing agent is merely agreeing to share a portion of the commission that they're charging a seller to do the work that they do to sell their home. What they want to offer is entirely up to them as a business decision. I mean, we're not involved in that. So I think a lot of consumers, and if you read the lawsuit, they think that commissions are fixed and they think they're artificially high and that there has been a conspiracy here amongst the big brokers to cause that to happen. It couldn't be further from the truth. The case is wrong on the facts. Very good. Well, John, yeah. thank you so much for spending time with well, us today welcome. and kind of going through all of this. Um, you know, you really helped to explain it and, and bring it to a level that all of us can understand. So thank you so much. Yeah, thanks, John. Well, you're welcome. I hope I helped. You, you all take care now. You okay. too. Bye -bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. For those listening, thanks for hanging out with us and be sure to subscribe to Welcome to the Top wherever you get your podcasts. And please be sure to leave us a review and let us know how we're doing. 
Also, please remember, if you have a question or topic you would like us to discuss on the podcast, we definitely want to hear it. You can email us at ask at welcometothetop.com and listen to hear us cover it in the future. We can't wait to hear from you, and thanks for listening. And until next time, don't forget to call before showing. Special thanks to our hosts, Jonna Fernandez and David Long. Our audio engineer, Garrett Holton. Outreach and guest relations manager, Kendall Crawford. Podcast administrator, Sean Offsall. And producer, Bree Westbury. Tune in next time and don't forget to enjoy your journey to the top. The statements by speakers in this podcast do not necessarily represent the views or position of the Collin County Association of Realtors, its leadership, or its members. This podcast is not intended to give legal, financial, medical, or other advice, but simply to provide information as a springboard to further discussion and investigation.